We have cows in the street, treason on the White House lawn, Joni Ernst taking heat, and voting rights kind of, maybe, sort of protected. What a week. I'm Matt Sinovic, the Executive Director of Progress Iowa. And I'm Lauren McElmeal, the Digital Director for Progress Iowa. And we're going to start off this week with what is clearly the most important and uh, pressing event that happened this week, and that is that there was a cow on the loose in downtown Des Moines. Some called it breaking moose. Some, yes. <laughs> no? No puns no, allowed on this, or what? We, n- n- no. <laughs> Moving along to something else that is utterly embarrassing for our country. I know. Um, uh, Trump was grazing across the White House lawn and committed blatant treason uh, this week in the latest um, the latest saga of this impeachment scandal that has really been uh, dominating the news nationally and and is starting to 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 affect uh, the news locally with resp- some responses from Senator Grassley, Senator Ernst, even this morning uh, saw uh, some limited response from Governor Reynolds uh, covered. Um, but I think it's worth uh, listening to uh, listening to what President Trump actually said on the White House lawn, um, calling for again the Ukraine to investigate his political opponent, one of his political opponents, and then for China to do that as well. Well, I would think that if they were honest about it, they'd start a major investigation into the Bidens. It's a very simple answer. Uh, they should investigate the Bidens because how does a company that's newly formed and all these companies, if you look at, and by the way, likewise, China should start an investigation into the Bidens. So that's it. I mean, it is the president of the United States inviting, soliciting, asking another foreign, a foreign country to investigate his political opponent, doing it from the White House lawn. It's an abuse of power. It's um, it's it's really a, a disturbing display of of a president who clearly doesn't know where his response, true responsibility lies. So I don't know what 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 is it? What do you think it's going to take for? Um, for some of these Republicans to start moving. I think Mitch McConnell won't move on anything until the federal bench is entirely filled with federal <laughs> Federalist Society uh, nominees. And he's, he's gotten everything he's wanted from Trump. That- he, he did say, though, this week that, or last, within, since the impeachment inquiry was announced, that if the House impeaches, he will have to hold the trial and have to put it up for a vote. Yeah, but he also had to give Merrick Garland a hearing, and uh, we all know how uh, how how Justice uh, Merrick Garland is faring right now right. on the Supreme Court. So you're suggesting the... that maybe we shouldn't trust Mitch McConnell at his word? I've, I mean, that's pretty shocking. That's, yeah, I think can, that's a real uh, hard line to take. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, well, the I will say that what we do want to point out there are a couple of glimmers of hints at possibilities of of thoughts on the horizon that Republicans might shift. And one was last week where um, where they voted unanimously. It was not it was a non-binding resolution, but they voted unanimously that the whistleblower whistleblowers report should be released. And it was, but but Republicans voted for that and Mitch McConnell allowed that vote to happen. Now, I don't think that that means that they're going to be open to removing President Trump from office if it comes to that. Um, but 
they didn't have to take that vote. Um, and then we had a couple of other statements this week from uh, Senator Grassley and then yesterday Senator Ernst. Um, Grassley, of course, is a known supporter or at least uh, uh, An intermittent supporter of whistleblower whistle- protections. Sure. Okay. Um, but he has or he has he has that reputation at least and and it took him a while. It took him about a week or so, but he did say that the whistleblower went through the appropriate channels and should be protected. In the same statement, I think he called the whole thing, uh, I mean, he didn't use this word, but he downplayed the entire uh, the entire thing and, and said that there wasn't anything there. But, um, but he did at least say that the whistleblower ought to be protected. Senator Ernst yesterday at her town hall meeting uh, said the same thing, that she stands with Chuck Grassley on that. So if they – and we know that President Trump has been threatening this whistleblower behind closed doors. So I think it is at least somewhat encouraging that um, a couple of Republican senators have said that, that this whistleblower should be protected because sooner or later you have to figure we're going to know who this is and they're going to unleash – who knows what they being the Trump administration, Rudy Giuliani, whoever on on this uh, on this whistleblower. I think that there's a difference between protecting a whistleblower and actually voting to remove someone from office like you can. I mean, it, it's it shouldn't be a, a controversial position to take that whistleblowers should be protected, but it suddenly has become one. It shouldn't be, but... But here we are. I take nothing for granted, <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, I, I like... But I, I don't think that... Uh, and Joni Ertz kind of talked about this in her town hall yesterday, that, like, she doesn't speak for the president. She really didn't make any sort of uh, promises that anything would come of this beyond just, like, yeah, the whistleblower should be protected. Cool. The sky is blue. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It is true. But it's the when I think it and maybe this is a sad statement about where we are in our politics, but everything's a sad statement but, these but, days. But, but it's but it but it, it but it is encouraging that even though it is common sense that they're willing to say it out loud, you know. Um, so I think that's that's a good thing. I, I hope that I mean, I would, it, but by, on the same, you know, the same thought though. It's like if you don't listen to that audio, of if you don't listen to what President Trump said, standing outside the White House, asking for help from the Ukraine and China in in to for, to help him get reelected. If you listen to that and are anything but disturbed, then something is very very wrong. I do th- going back to the Grassland Ernst thing. I do think that. It is as Grassley has a reputation as someone who is. I mean, there's been quotes that say that like that's that uh, Chuck Grassley is the whistleblower's best friend in Washington, and I think that if he had come out and said, I think that he has a quote unquote reputation to uphold, and that he has a little more leeway to be. Uh, be more vocal about whistleblower protections and then Joni Ernst as the junior senator from Iowa who is who shares a lot of positions and stuff with Joni, with um Chuck Grassley it it's easier for her to 
to kind of repeat that and say like I stand with Chuck Grassley as opposed to someone who like a Lindsey Graham or a Susan Collins or something who who are maybe I mean I have my own feelings about both of those people but they're not taking up any sort of statements about like whether or not this all of this stuff that's been happening is grounds for impeachment yeah and you mentioned the federal bench and I think to as a comparison it's the you know uh, to the Kavanaugh hearings which were a year ago um uh and uh, it's the statement of well we think Dr. Blasey Ford has the right to speak and say and and say what she has to say but I don't believe anything that she's saying yeah. and we're going to vote for Kavanaugh anyway Which you know Grassley so was was one of the, right? had yeah. was chairman at the time and that's what I feel like this is going to be right. like where So it's their way to like sort the, of differentiate yeah. but not you know and so or that they're going to decide that this whistleblower's words do not count do not weigh as much as Trump's or in in the case of uh Kavanaugh it was that you know Dr. Ford's Right. Words did not count the same as uh, Kavanaugh's reputation or like the general empathy that he <laughs> engendered. Yeah. Um, I think, though, I, I, I think and I hope that more comes out with this and it seems like more is coming out every single day. Um, and it will be harder and harder for them to just either ignore or or they will look more ridiculous if they don't come out on, on this. I mean, yesterday... There were State Department text messages um, uh, from th- that were released, and we're just—I'm just, just going to read some of these quotes because they are pretty, pretty damning. Um, "Quote: As I said on the phone, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign." End quote. Um, "Quote: Heard from the White House. Assuming President Z, the president of Ukraine, convinces Trump he will investigate." or get to the bottom of what happened in 2016, we will nail down date for visit to Washington, end quote. It's black and white. I mean, they, they're they referring to the president, you know, getting the get president Trump, getting the president of the Ukraine to commit to him doing an investigation, and that's what was contingent on the White House visit, and that's what was contingent on security assistance, which is obscene but it's there in in the text messages that were released yesterday um and and so that that's new and that has not been uh reacted to by senators grassley ernst um or ernst yet as far as as far as we know um but i don't know how you i don't know how you justify that i don't i'm not asking you to justify it i just don't know i don't know how you do it i mean well, number one, I think it's kind of hilarious that like all these diplomats have a group message going because that just you you think of these high level powered powerful one, government people. One report and then, was that they were using WhatsApp. If that well, that's makes still, it any better or worse. I don't know. I don't a know. group chat full of diplomats sounds right. just like the most hilarious thing. And but yeah, I mean, this is. I mean, I don't like to. It, I feel like we we've overused the phrase "smoking gun" so much that it does not mean anything anymore. But. When when you have this many like smoking guns happening, you it's there's got to be a fire somewhere. Yeah, I mean you also have the the call transcript that was released or the summary transcript. Mm-hmm. It's not a verbatim transcript. Um, there's been a lot of words thrown around that are that people think are interchangeable that are not. What transcript? Like, like transcript, transcript or yeah, like yeah. or um, memo or. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, like it that. is a summary, but but that even shows that he was asking for a favor. There's the whistleblower's report itself, and then there's Trump's own public statements, which he, we just heard a little bit ago, him reconfirming. And then last week, he said it out loud as well before this all kind of broke. So um, it, he, he basically admitted to it, along with Rudy Giuliani, who could be his own segment on any show at any point in time. The there's just not vampire. enough time to talk about him. <laughs> um, but... So there's, there's just a mountain of evidence that is growing, and that's why we're already, I think that's why now you saw the, the sea change in among House Democrats where there's enough votes to who, who support the impeachment inquiry, assuming that they would all vote for the articles of impeachment. There's enough votes to impeach the president in the, in the House of Representatives now. Um, so that's, that's a big, big change, even within the last, like, 10 to 14 days that was not something that was clear cut before this all before this uh this broke it was really interesting to see that to see that sea change um and i remember seeing the john lewis uh representative john lewis uh speech about how this was really this is the time to act to make sure that we're protecting our democracy and I mean, I don't know about you, but generally, whatever side John Lewis noted civil rights icon is on, I I generally want to be on that side. And for sure, I would. I mean, I don't know if that holds any weight with like independents or Republicans, but like John Lewis walked across the Edmund Pettus Bridge and got his head bashed in so that they so that he and his fellow people could vote. And I, I mean. I would find it hard for someone to not respect John Lewis or at least to think that like this guy lived through some pretty intense stuff and to I mean I think that I mean I certainly respect his opinion I would hope that there are others in Washington who did and there was I don't know if this was a rumor or but I saw a tweet that was about if uh if it was a secret vote a bunch more Republicans would come out and yeah, vote said against 30. it. Thirty. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember the one that I saw didn't have a number, but I think that if you if you're only comfortable doing something in secret, like <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. And we need to get these people on the record and have them be held accountable for basically just aiding and abetting what is I mean, I don't want to call this the most dangerous presidency, but like it's definitely an erratic and dangerous presidency. Yeah, I mean, it it really kind of brings it home when you talk about uh, Congressman Lewis because it's the rights that everyone has that are we, that are so important at the foundation of everything we believe in that everyone has fought and died for over the last two hundred and fifty plus whatever years, and and it's it's really sad to see a and dangerous to see a president inviting these countries in to mess with our elections and this also isn't the first time that he's done no absolutely not when i forget if it was the same day as the 2016 dnc but there at some time during that summer he basically invited russia to look into hillary clinton's emails yeah he publicly called that called it out and that was the day that was that was on that day, um, those the they, WikiLeaks start. Well, they no? started. Well, they started to. Um, Twenty sixteen was so long ago. Yeah, I know. 
they that was on that day they started to do the um the the phishing emails to, yes. to target the dnc yes. you're right so i mean whether or not they were listening to his call maybe it was just a coincidence but it did happen on that same day so Which i don't know looks what fishy and and um so it's it's yeah extremely um and you see this as i i mean i think we can start to see a clear pattern because you have these attacks on our democracy that are being invited in by the president and at the same time you have all these other these these state laws being put into effect that limit our democracy that limit our vote limit our voting rights this is a trend this is this is them this is the generally the republican party not caring about voting rights and we're going to talk to Polk County Auditor Jamie Fitzgerald in a little bit but about that here locally but but I think it's a I think there's a there's a common thread through a lot of this oh yeah and I think it also says something about uh maybe what the Republicans are concerned about that they don't want people voting and that a lot of their voter suppression measures are specifically targeted at people who have historically voted Democrat and voted for liberal policies and uh that I mean, the fact that registering voters is now seen as a partisan act is, I think, a very good example of how messed up our, some of our political parties have become. So Joni Ernst had a town hall in Templeton, Iowa this week, and the biggest thing to come out of that, I mean, several big things came out of it, but... She literally said the sentence, yes, I did vote to repeal the ACA, which uh, Iowa starting line called the, the, (laughs) I mean, they didn't go as far as this, but I think they could call it the line that launched a thousand political ads. Yeah, I I would be shocked if we didn't see that in in a video or two or an ad or two. Oh, yeah. Because ACA has been law of the land for many years now. Nine years now. And has really helped so many people. And for as long has been under basically sabotage by Republican actors. Yeah, it's at least four times that she's voted to to repeal. Um, And... and, Should also be noted she... Well, never mind. But saying it out loud is a different thing. You know, having a... Having a source site on an ad that that shows the voting record and the day is different than a senator saying, you know, saying that out loud. Oh, yeah. And saying, I voted to take away your health care. I voted to to gut your protections for pre-existing conditions and and she and does follow up saying that she's supported other initiatives that do protect pre-existing conditions but that's not that's, just, no that's, that's false yeah and like there's some there's some policy that allows like participation in high-risk pools that are severely underfunded and wouldn't cover anybody or very few people and there's a whole bunch of supposed programs like the junk plans that are out there that 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 they want people to buy that don't cover uh, a lot of, of, of what gets covered on plans in the exchanges, and it's just a mess. I also find it very interesting that the Affordable Care Act literally is based on Mitt Romney's plan for Romney Care in, I forget what Massachusetts. state, Massachusetts, I was going to say, I forget which state <laughs> he was governor of because he's that forgettable. But uh, the Affordable Care Act basically took Romney Care and finagled it to be a federal system and originally there was a public option which would have helped with negotiations and 
uh, negotiated lower costs because the government has more power to make those asks. And generally that would have lowered costs across the board. And I forget who who made a big stink about it and had it taken out. But the point is that there is no public option in the Affordable Care Act. And I mean, I can't, there's no way to say whether or not that would have maybe helped or hurt our current uh, fight about it, but... You would have to assume it would have helped. Yeah. But but the bottom line is that, I mean, the more people speak out at these town hall meetings, the more, I think... Joni Ernst is going to feel pressured to to own up to her record, and it was pretty remarkable to see her just blurt out that uh, admission um, out loud. And I think Republicans have been so used to campaigning on "I'm going to repeal and replace the the the, the Obamacare," despite or the, ACA. the fact that they have never never had a, had a right. plan to replace it, right? Or if they did, it was going to kick millions of people off their off access yeah. to health insurance um but it is an interesting shift and it shows how how important health care is and how much i think that uh democrats and progressives are are winning the the long-term uh, uh fight on health care that they're not saying that anymore I mean, they didn't say that during last year's elections either, but this is Ernst's first time up for elections since 2014. Yeah. The politics of this has changed dramatically. I mean, people understand that there that there are protections in this law. People understand that if you're under the age of 26, you get to stay on your parents, you know, health insurance. They all the, those lifetime limits and all these all these different uh, uh, provisions that are in the law are have been part of people's lives now. And so her voting to repeal those is a big deal, and 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 her saying it out loud is a, is a pretty uh, big admission. I think also a lot of us have only really ever experienced, not maybe in my experience, I've only really had to worry about like healthcare in a post ACA past world, and I mean I'm no longer on my parents' insurance for like several reasons, but I mean the fact that. I know that I'm not going to get charged more because I'm a woman because I'm not going to get charged more or basically taken off or being told that I'm uninsurable because I have a pre-existing condition and knowing that there that my insurance has to cover certain things like uh like maternity care if I were to have a child or mental health care or things that I think a lot of us have taken for granted and I don't think that people remember how bad insurance used to be. And I mean, to some extent, it is bad now too, but that you could get charged more based on your gender. You could get charged more based on your age. You could get charged more based on whether or not you had certain pre-existing conditions. Like if you were a premature child, you could have probably been, that would have been a healthcare condition that followed you around for your life and that had literally nothing to do with you and you would be paying more than someone who was born like at full term which is ridiculous it absolutely is and it's and it's sad that she voted so many times to get rid of it i mean that's uh but that's where we're at and so i i mean i hope that i mean we'll continue to put out information about when her town halls are happening when there's opportunity to ask questions but really encourage people to keep doing that and and make sure that uh that she's 
that her feet are held to the fire and that and that people are reminded of what her voting record is. Joining us now is uh, Jamie Fitzgerald, the Polk County Auditor, who does a variety of interesting things in his office, but did confirm just now that they had nothing to do with the steer shooting this week. Um, he did have a theory on on what happened in the aftermath, but I'll leave it up to him if he, <laughs> up to you if you want if you want to share that. But we're thrilled to have you here today because of of a very uh, of an important court ruling that happened this week on the voter ID bill that passed. Uh, uh, we call it the voter suppression bill that passed in the legislature. Um, and, and, and there was a, a ruling that, that occurred that gave some people a little bit of confusion. So I kind of want to, we kind of wanted to just start with like letting you talk about the ruling and what you think this means for Iowa voters and for, uh, for someone in your position who runs the elections in, in Polk County. Sure. I appreciate your op- the opportunity and the time to come out and speak. One of the things this ruling did was it gave everybody a little bit of hope uh, gave everybody a win, and it gave some people losses. So the media was all over the board on how this thing played out. So we wanted to come out and, and clear all the confusion that may or may not be occurring. One of the things that the court did confirm is that voter ID will be asked for at the polling sites. This isn't anything that's changed from 2019. You've say, had to go out and ask for voter identification. You're going to continue to have to do that. Uh, the court upheld that. But one of the things they did which we view as a positive, is it allows everyone to get a voter PIN card. So right now, uh, prior to this ruling, if you had a driver's license, you mainly had to use that or one of the other forms of identification. However, this actually will allow more voters to get a PIN card if you want. And what a PIN card is, is what people that didn't have an Iowa driver's license had. It's a barcode, your name, your address. But some of the things missing that people really were concerned about were... Uh, the gender and the picture. So this is an opportunity for folks that maybe in our transgender community that are having a struggle getting their uh, licenses changed. This is a way for them to to go out uh, and really feel confident in the system. Uh, You're going to have to sign this card. Uh, You can go to our website, Polk County uh, Auditor, uh, Google that. Everything's out there. So this gives every Iowan an opportunity to have a non-picture voter card. And that's a good thing. Uh, you're going to have to ask for it. Right now, the Secretary of State's office is working to uh, change their system to allow this. So right now, if a voter calls us, uh, requests it, they're going to have to wait. Uh, we won't have them by November, is my guess. Okay. But this is something coming, and this is a great thing for for voters uh, because it gives uh, many voters one more opportunity and one more option than the other six options. They get one more option, and especially for our community that's uh, your gender. You may be non-binary. You may uh, be changing. And changing your identification at the DOT and some other places is a lot harder. So we want to make sure those folks are comfortable, and we think this is a great ruling for that. Another good part of the ruling was it changed signature verification. So right now, uh, the, the bill that passed 2017 gave auditors the opportunity to challenge somebody's signature. Um, none of us went to the FBI training school. And, you You're know, not for, an expert handwriting analysis? I am not. I don't know of any yeah. in the state. But we wanted to make sure that our voters were comfortable. And if there's a problem, they can always contact us. But my, my signature changes uh, throughout the day. It changes whether I'm happy, whether I'm Mine sad, <laughs> how many times I've signed it, um, what's going on in my life, how fast I sign it. 
So this is a good thing that they've stolen from other states, but the other states use all mail ballots. And one of the other things that we had, and the court actually talked about it, we don't have everyone's signature. If you go to the DOT and register, you don't that signature doesn't transfer over to us. And some of these signatures are 30, 40 years old. So when we scanned the, the signature originally, my signature, uh, we scanned my move to Des Moines, which was in the 90s, it's uh, changed considerably, as has my appearance over the course of time. <laughs> so, And then finally, the one that's causing a lot of confusion is the the requirement that you put your ID number on your absentee ballot. So this was something that was enacted in 2017. We used it once prior to the injunction. So we used it for the primary election in 2018. And people were confused by this at best. Uh, what the ID number is, is your driver's license, non-driver's license, only in Iowa, so not your out-of-state, or your voter PIN card. So we saw all kinds of numbers in 2018 that did not make sense. A lot of them we assume were the last four of your social security number. Right. Um, so people were confused. And what the law was is we would have to contact these voters. And we couldn't use the database, even though it was in front of us, to, to help them. So we would be contacting these folks. So one of my staff, towards the end of the election, all they were doing was contacting people. Because as you may or may not know, the voter... Uh, rosters, people's phone numbers are bad, and we don't have email addresses for a lot of these folks. Sure. So, and we have a very short window for sending absentees. So some of these folks were out, you know, maybe went on business, came back thinking they're going to have an absentee ballot in their mailbox. They had a letter from our office saying, we're missing this. So what the courts ruled, and kind of what where people are confused, is they've taken off the statement that says that you cannot get an absentee ballot if this ID number is not on there. But they also further said you can't say it's required. But in a previous part, they said it is required, that it doesn't infringe on anyone's rights. So the Secretary of State uh, has sent out two different absentee ballot forms in the last couple of days. So the new one and the one we're going to use until the court clarifies their position is the one that does not require an, an absentee ballot uh, ID number. So we're going to utilize that. That's the same thing we've been we did in the 2018 general election, but you know, as you know, everything can change. And if do you expect the court to clarify their position soon, or is that you mentioned that is that is that the next step with this? The next or? step is the clarification. Okay. I don't know how long it's going to going to take, but we're also talking as if there's not going to be appeals. Right. These things can all be appealed, and everything could change. I mean, we have moved the goalposts on voters a lot of times. And a lot of the stuff we've done has been challenging courts, been out, you know, like the signature verification thrown out. So a lot of voters are going to be confused. So we always ask them to, if you have questions, call the county auditor, because okay. um, the media is doing a million other things. They're not, they're following us for a day, whereas we're following it for 365 days a year. So if you have a question, please call your local county auditor. Uh, most of them have emails out there. Yeah. Uh, if you can't get get a hold of anybody, I'm happy to help. Okay. I was gonna ask because we can put that up, uh, your phone number website mm -hmm. online with the with the uh, with this episode. But Great. if someone is hearing this and they're in another county, you'll be happy to help them or direct them to the right place. Correct. Okay. And then what? So what? Uh, with all this confusion, what do people need to know? Like, uh, so all of this with the court ruling, it goes into effect now, right? Like, Correct. So. So what do people need to know for the election that's happening, like, 
in a matter of days um, and weeks. Months. Well, we, yeah, have, like, we have an election uh, on Tuesday. Right, like for the primary. We have another election November 5th, and we have potentially another election in December. Oh, if so, it, yeah. So what they need to know is voter ID is going to be required. So please come with your voter ID. If you forget it, that's okay. You can vote a provisional ballot. And what a provisional ballot is, instead of uh, when you go to the polling site and you put the your uh, voted ballot in the machine, you'll put it in an envelope. And you'll have a few days after the election to come give us the identification. Same-day registration is still available. Nothing's changed on that. If you're not registered, you can come in. There's a few extra items you can use, uh, like an out-of-state ID, um, an employer ID, a student ID if it has an expiration date. An expiration date's not 1920. For school years, it's got to be a hard expiration date. And so you'll vote a provisional ballot. And that's still, a, that's still in effect. Uh, also in effect is if you come and you've moved, like say you moved to an apartment and you know your neighbors and you forgot to register, they can actually come and attest for you. They have to be in the oh, precincts. They have to be in the book. Mm-hmm. And that that's a great thing. And one of the other things that Polk County voters are going to see that haven't voted in, the, in 2019 is we actually have computers now at our polling sites. So you're going to show up and we're going to have an iPad there. And we're going to ask to see your ID because that's the law. We're going to ask you to confirm your address because that's part of the rules. we got to make sure you vote where you say you vote. You're just not going to the hot area to go vote. And what we'll do is we'll scan your ID if you allow us, or we'll key in your name. We'll make sure you're in the right spot and get you a ballot. So this is in, uh, in 2018, as some people may remember, there were thousands of absentee, uh, th- excuse me, thousands of provisional ballots in Polk County but not a lot anywhere else. We were one of five counties without computers. So if you weren't in the book, you had to vote a provisional ballot. You could bring everything you wanted. And the reason we opted to go to these uh, computers was because a lot of our first-time voters brought everything they needed. They brought their ID. They brought their proof of residency. Sure. And they were told they have to put it in an envelope when they saw everyone else putting it in the machine. So uh, we opted to move forward. Uh, we have a great process. Uh, some people aren't going to like the process. Um, it's just a matter of scale. But we're really happy happy with our our vendor and look forward to having you know feedback on that. One of the other things that we can do is we can talk to the voters, you know, talk to the poll workers at the polling sites on these computers. So we always send somebody out if there's a problem. So say somebody a voter doesn't see, see something they're not sure of, they might not like, we'll always send my, my staff out to go investigate. But... We can also direct the poll worker on how to handle the situation from our office while somebody's in, in transit. My, my sister's a UNI student, and I have to walk her through how uh, how she gets registered well, to vote. Every you know, year. one of the biggest things we're facing is, you know, as downtown's growing, um, you, you've got a lot of apartments, areas, you got kids back in school, um, especially colleges. It's very important when people are out getting absentees and talking to voters and registering them that they put down the apartment number. Because you think of the apartments out west, Sun Prairie Apartments, uh, think of some of the dorms, the big dorms. The people delivering the mail don't always know who's in, who's out, you know, have you moved, when you moved. So we're sending cards out to these places, and if somebody doesn't give us information, like a phone number or an email address, they're coming back undeliverable. And what that does is makes the voter inactive. They can still vote, but they have to use same-day registration methods. So we're asking everyone out there that's out doing voter registration drives to make sure you ask every, every voter, is there an apartment number? 
because what's pro- what's going to happen is these folks think they're registered to vote, and in essence, they're not. So we want to make sure that everyone is registered. Um, we want to make sure the apartment numbers are on there, and if they have questions, go ahead and call your local county auditor. If someone wants to, you said that they're allowed to get a, pin, a voter pin card. Are they required to get one? There's sometimes those that language, and I don't know if that was it, it, the it, if if someone requests that, are they required to get one from either your office or whatever county they're in? So there's no requirement. We send them to every every voter. You're gonna have to request these, and they're going through a process right now, setting up rules. So you have something where the rules are, you know, this. Um, you know, when the ruling came down, it took less than five minutes for somebody to request one on my Facebook page. And we don't know the rules. We, we have no ability to so do it right now. Not, a Facebook comment might yeah. not be an official quote-unquote request. Correct. Is that what you're so okay. We're, okay. they're going through the rules right now, right. the rulemaking process on how to do this. And as soon as, we, as soon as they clarify everything, we'll make sure we put it on our Twitter, our Facebook, and try to let as many people know as possible. Well, thank you for uh, continuing to, to make make this more accessible and uh, um, and at least a little bit easier to understand for people because it can be confusing and and I, and what we fear is that that's that was the point of this this law was to make is to just establish one more barrier to voting and so we're glad that that at least there's uh, a little bit of uh, make, hopefully clarity. this makes it a little bit of clarity and making it a little bit easier for folks. Great, so, thank you for your time. Thanks for being here, thank Jamie. You. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. For more information, visit potluck.fm or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week.